0: Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia. Coming to you with your next mental health moment. And today we will be discussing, why do we hold grudges? I have been given this topic a lot of thought lately. It's come up in a variety of ways as I just think about some of the responses I see on social media posts that just feel so venomous to me and so so hateful um but also relationships with people marriages co-parenting and and how grudges can show up and destroy those relationships and interactions church relationships work relationships like there is no shortage of places where grudges show up and so i wanted to do a little research and figure out what like what is keeping us anchored in so much pain um Now, if if we talk about what exactly a grudge will be, right? So a grudge would be defined as when we start feeling resentful about what we perceive to be a slight by someone else. Now, that doesn't take into consideration the intention of the other person. It's just that we perceive this behavior toward us to have been negative in some way. And so I've grown to be resentful. Of this person because of, of that behavior or, or a series of behaviors and so I begin to hold this this grudge and I think that um, some good examples of that may be helpful so you all may have grown up in families where people make comments about your body right uh, women talk to me about this a lot um, but I hear this from men too so someone said um, you know, maybe you had a bird chest when you were growing up as a young man or um, young ladies that, um, why why are your booty doing all that jiggling? Or um, you're getting a little thick, aren't you? Uh, maybe you don't need to eat as much or uh, some kind of negative comment that didn't sit well with you. And so you think about that every time you see this relative. Right? It might have happened at a family function. Might have been one time, might have been across a couple of different actions. It may have been a teacher that said something to you that that was hurtful. Um, And and, and maybe in their mind, they didn't mean it necessarily in that way, but that's the way you heard it and received it. And they've gone on, they haven't thought anything about it, but you're still thinking about it. It comes up for you every time you think about that that teacher or, or, or maybe a coworker made an insensitive comment um, or someone at church uh, made a statement about you, and, and it really got to you. And so you're you're holding on to this resentment toward this person for whatever that statement was, or or again a series of behaviors. Uh, oftentimes, um, we see people doing the same things to us over and over again. Maybe they maybe they're being unfaithful. Maybe they've um, been self. Maybe they've been critical to us. Um, and then we're seeing it multiple times, and so it's hard not to feel slighted when a person continues to do something to you, right? So regardless of of where the grudge originates, one thing is very clear about grudges. They they can definitely kill relationships, and they can have some negative impacts on on how we see ourselves, but also how we feel different things in our body. So we're going to talk about that as we get into some of the effects of grudges, but let's talk about factors that are more likely to allow us to to create a grudge in the first place. So we all have a lot of different personality characteristics that make us up, how we cope, um, how we manage conflict, our personality characteristics in terms of the way that we see the world. And so um, one of those is temperament. And and temperament is, is just Kind of our orientation, if you will, to how we address things. Uh, some people are very extroverted and people oriented. Uh, some people are more introverted and they are more service inter- in, uh, service oriented so they're concerned about other people um, and making sure that other people are taken care of. Uh, those folks tend to be a little bit more prone to anxiety uh, because of that other focus. Some people are very rule-abiding. Um, they are, oriented to detail uh, we sometimes call uh those people type a in our in our work environments those are the folks that that get things done um, but sometimes it feels like maybe they don't consider other people's feelings necessarily as much uh, some folks are results oriented they're like hey what what is the the say what of this what are we what are we doing And those folks can be strong-willed, and sometimes they may come across as abrasive or um, as dominating in environments. Then we have the conflict resolution piece, right? I know a lot of you are more familiar with some of this. Our our aggressive people uh, who are very in your face, like we're going to talk about it, we're going to deal with it now, and and they're going to have some very strong emotion about it. Um, Our passive-aggressive folks that... Really don't want to talk about it, so they are bringing other things up to try to get to what they want to talk about, right? So they they tend to be um, the pot and then they'll they'll leave, right? Um, then we have our people who are manipulative, and they might use fear, obligation, or guilt to try to get you to engage in whatever behavior it is they want in terms of uh, resolving a conflict. And we have our um, submissive people that will whatever you want to do, then I'm fine with it because I just don't want to rock the boat, I don't want to cause any problems. And then we have that assertive communication style, which is like let's be direct. Um we don't have to be aggressive. We don't have to get people to a point where they're feeling overpowered or dominated. But let's talk about it and let's come up with some some ways to manage it, right? So that that would be um some of the communication styles and then Uh, We have people who are just avoidant, uh, people that are accommodating. So again, like, hey, let's just, whatever you need to do to get it resolved, right? So these are people when you're like, I'm not going to buy this car. And they're like, oh, hey, 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 hey. Like, let's figure out some ways to make this work for you. Same thing is true in conflict. Like, let's figure out a way to just kind of make this thing go away, if you will. We have the competing conflict resolution style, which... um, it's more so about me, like I, I want to be able to get what I want out of this. And a lot of times it's about how I can get it safely out of this or, or what's going to feel best for my interests. Uh, and then we have the collaboration, which is more of our long term goal. And then for our short term is that compromising, like, OK, what can we do right now to be able to get through this? So you can see there's just a lot of different things that could go into how I might perceive a situation, in other words. Um, why would I take something personal? That's the whole reason for um, some of that jargon there is when someone does something, how how will I take, how will I interpret, how will I view their behavior? And this is where misunderstandings come in. So if I'm an avoidant person, I don't, I don't like to rock the boat, I don't like conflict, I'm not really, uh, maybe I'm not feeling really insecure about myself, then if you make a comment, uh, maybe you're, maybe you're, like and my co-workers get on my nerves i may personalize that as you may i get on your nerves and you might have been just generally saying that not even really speaking about anybody that's making that comment um and, and and so now i feel like you don't like me right and so you were talking about me so now every time i see you i'm gonna think you're talking about me i walk up and you're laughing i'm gonna think you're laughing at me you're saying something else about me and simply because of a misunderstanding and so now i'm i'm projecting all of this negative uh, energy onto you about your intentions behind your behavior. And that's frequently what gets us into these situations is that we project, we make assumptions about other people and those assumptions lead to labels. So we begin then, uh, this person is narcissistic or this person is, um, they want attention all the time or this person is a whoremonger, right? We start saying that you are your behaviors. Uh, as opposed to recognizing that you are a person who may have engaged in a particular behavior. Uh, And then we have these unrealistic expectations of people. So I want you to be, as my mom, um, this supportive, nurturing person. And you're not. You haven't been my whole life. But in my mind, I'm still holding on to this image of you. And so every time you're not this person, then I get more and more hurt. This grudge is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Instead of me accepting, like, your behavior actually tells me who you are. I don't tell you <laughs> who you are and then wonder why your behavior doesn't match what I told you you were. No, no, your behavior will let me know. Um, yeah, mom's not supportive. She hasn't ever been. She's not going to be. That's not the person you need to go to. But I'm but I'm holding this grudge against her uh, because of... of she is. And we'll have that about partners. We'll have that about co-workers. We will have that uh, particularly about people in authority. We make a lot of assumptions about supervisors and their knowledge and abilities, which I don't know necessarily why we make those assumptions that everybody gets trained before they get into a supervisory position. Many supervisors will tell you they're a supervisor before they actually get any training, if they get any training at all. But yet we have um, these assumptions and these expectations about who they'll be. So we're, we're disappointed where we um, are, are upset. We feel left out. We feel ignored. We feel exploited, taken advantage of, dismissed um, by people because we have these expectations. We put them on this pedestal of who we wanted them to be frequently. We'll do this in our, in our dating and romantic relationships like, oh, no, I wanted you to be this person. So I'm disappointed with you every time you're not. But again, you've never been that person sometimes we've just reached our our hurt threshold. Like we just had enough. We're just emotionally overwhelmed. I can't handle anymore. Um, I've been hurt by so many people in my life. Like I just, I don't have it. So I'm hardened. Um, And at this point, anybody doing anything I'm going to see in a negative way. Uh, There's that part of us that's envious and jealous. And a lot of times this centers around us not feeling good about who we are. And right. So you may have done this before where you've been in a relationship with someone and and they broke up with you and and they've moved on and so are you all on their social media pages or having your friends get on their social media because they blocked you so you're having your friends get on their social media pages or you see they've opened a business i'm not patronizing their business um you see they got a home and well i bet i bet they're maxed out they probably can't even afford their house poor Probably can't even afford to 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 pay for anything because they got this big old house. Like we like to see people suffering. We can be very empathetic and caring and throw them little prayer hands up for folks when they're going through stuff. But let people be doing well. And in fact, let people be doing better than us. That's that's really what it boils down to. Then we then we get that jealous spirit in our hearts, and that's that's a lot of times where these grudges can come from. Um, we don't want people to be happier than we are. Because uh, that's the selfishness in us. Um, and then there this, there's that other piece of when people don't take accountability. We are very much a, we like for folks to come and tell us, hey, this is what you did that upset me, and this is how you apologize, and you put me back together. And we frequently, when we don't get it, we'll hold a grudge because we're like, how dare you not come and take accountability and responsibility for this behavior. Or we feel like when a person does come, that maybe it wasn't sincere. Maybe we didn't feel like it was, was valid enough for us in terms of it being apology or, or accountability for their behavior. And so there is this, we need constant um, accountability from this person. And then people will get frustrated. Like, how many times do I have to apologize for the same thing? And people will say, well, you did it multiple times. So I need multiple apologies. And, and again, it would never be enough because the hole isn't with that person. The hole is within us. So... Grudges have pros and cons, just like anything, um, and sometimes grudges allow us to keep some separation, keep some boundaries, recognize who this person is, as we gave the example earlier of mom not being supportive, like, okay, well, I know who mom is, so this grudge allows me to be able to remind myself that don't call mom, she's not going to be able to be happy for you in this moment, and so it can be protective in that way, and it can allow us to grow, but then the other side of grudges is the piece that we internalize, and that's the piece where you get so caught up in this grudge. Like some people can't even tell you what they're upset with somebody about. They don't even remember anymore. It's been so long. Like I don't know what that person did to me in fifth grade, but whatever it was, it was bad and, and they not a good person. Uh and so they don't need to be talking to me and I wanna see them at the medical class reunion. You know, we we thirty years from graduating from high school, uh, and and you're still holding on to something that somebody did to you in fifth grade and you can't remember what it was. But but this grudge has taking on this life, and so you don't even know your life without this grudge. It's become so much a part of you, and, and it makes it really hard to resolve it to ever be able to go back and talk to a person and figure out how can we move past this if it's possible. It's not always possible to have resolution in a healthy way. Sometimes the resolution is we just um, don't have connection with each other. And, and, and that is uh, when people have been uh, assaulted to us, uh, yeah, sexually abused, any of those. Areas where you've been traumatized by somebody like I am definitely not saying to you, you need to get over a grudge against someone who has violated you in any kind of way. You need that distance. You don't need to have to interact with them. And releasing a grudge doesn't mean that you welcome a person back into your life. It simply means you release yourself from from the detriment that it's having on your body. Uh, it stops us from growing and, and being who we're purposed to be stops us from being happy. Um. We get this anger in us that's underneath the surface and it's it's constantly lingering there and it's causing us anxiety and depression interfering with our ability to sleep upsetting our stomach um we're, we're constantly talking to people about it over and over again and people don't want to be around us because now we're becoming negative and, and we're so anchored in this grudge that we can't even have conversations without this grudge surfacing um every time we have some kind of conversation and, and it affects our mental health and physical health to a point where now I, I got to take off work. Now I'm at, at the house. I can't go anywhere because I, I, I don't feel well. So now it's interfering with me being able to have the quality of life that I deserve. Um, and, and I can no longer even see this person outside of this hurt. It's almost like they've become just this, this monstrous uh, being to us because of this grudge. So we, every time I see them, like I'm, you know, my body is reacting in, in all of these ways of, of rage, which is uh, it, destructive. So what do we do with this? Like how do we get past grudges? That's what everybody wants to know, right? The quick fix, um, if you haven't learned by now, there is no quick fix for anything and there, there's a process. If it's gotten to a point where it's a grudge, like you definitely will not be able to let that go tomorrow. But I do think that you can start working on uh, you being able to free yourself from the prisoner of your mind. Uh, Because again, whatever we feed is what will grow. So one thing that I think is important to really highlight is you cannot control another person. Another person cannot be responsible for your joys, your happiness, your your purpose, um, uh, and who you're going to be in your life, your identity, and so we have to free another person from thinking that they will come and fix us and save us and make it better. They won't. You can't control them. You can only control you. And so that means that you have to have an identity that is anchored in who you are, your, your purpose, um, your goals, how you see yourself in terms of, uh, your, your, your gender, your racial identity, um, your, Whatever it is that you were created for, um, whatever the things are that that make you smile, like that's you. That's the stuff that you can control. Um, You letting go of hurts is something you control. That's not what someone else controls. You have to make that decision within yourself that you want to let it go. And if you can't on your own, then that's why there's therapy. Like You can go and you can work through these things that may be anchoring you and stopping you from being your best self. And some of that is about forgiveness. Like sometimes we are mad with ourselves because of things that we have allowed. And so uh, people will tell me, like, I didn't know who this person was. Like they fooled me. And and I question them because I say, did you never see in the entirety of the time that you were with this person any of these behaviors at all? Like, never, ever saw that. And, and if people are honest, they saw it. They may not have necessarily paid attention to it. They may not have necessarily wanted to see it as a part of who this person was and made exceptions um, and excuses for why it was that time and, instead of recognizing it as part of who a person is. So a lot of times we get upset with people and we say they manipulated us or um, they, they weren't honest with us when really we weren't honest with ourselves and we definitely weren't honest with them about what we wanted and, and that goes back to... The expectation piece we hold people accountable to things we never told them were important to us and i'm not going to tell you that sometimes people don't go grow, grow apart and things don't happen in relationships um, but i will say that sometimes we don't make the best choices in the first place to get into relationships and we're not good fits for each other and we see that we're not a good fit but we continue to try to force this relationship to be and then we're upset when this other person finally has the courage to say like you deserve to be happy and i'm not that person and I deserve to be happy you're not that person for me and, and you both be able to recognize like hey that's true um but if we have these children together we're going to effectively co-parent and we're going to make this work even though we didn't work out that doesn't mean we can't be great parents for our kids but I will, will hold on to that someone didn't meet a need for us when it was really I shouldn't have put myself in this situation in the in the first place Um, self-love like we've got to love ourselves we are so hard on ourselves sometimes and so critical of ourselves we begin to internalize these negative messages that we've heard from people over our lifetime and it is anchoring us again in our own pain like so we're we're becoming prisoners of ourselves and so we have to recognize our unhealthy patterns and that's not something someone else did to us that's what we did to ourselves and we need to remove ourselves from things that are feeding unhealthy patterns that might be people in your life you are around you get around your crew and they come and uh talk about this person that you dated and and how that that person they're with now is not on your level like really how helpful is that for you is feeding this grudge but it's not setting you free and allowing you to to walk in whatever your path is um pray for deliverance from situations where you are stuck uh, and and ask God to really release you from trying to hold on to someone who doesn't want to be held on to right and and that you find a person who is where you're supposed to be and but that means you need to be whole in order for you to find said person because they can't make you whole. you have to be whole on your own. so finding your own fulfillment, finding your own joy, your own meaning in life, your own um, your self-care is really, really important. Um, take the lessons that you learn from situations and allow that to be a way that you grow, that you can be a positive person in someone else's life, that you can have that empathy, that you can have that care, that you can talk to other people about like, hey, uh, recognize some signs. Um, Let's share and grow together. Like, let's find some accountability partners who are going to nurture us to be our best selves, not who are going to fix things for us, not who we're going to go to and ask, to, to tell us what decisions to make because we've gotten to a point where we won't trust ourselves. No, they are reminding us that we have the skills, we're built for this, um, that we need to have. Um, and and soothing yourself from your own hurt as opposed to trying to find someone to soothe you is going to serve you so much better because you, again, have control over you. You don't have control over that other person. But own your feelings. Own Hey, if you are hurt and you are allowed to be hurt, and, and that is something that you need to attend to and something that you need to address so that you can move forward. You, again, have to own your own feelings and your own behaviors, but you cannot force someone else to, to do that. Um, find you some loving, supportive folks to be around who want you to walk in, in your purpose and, and get out of this victim identity. So many times we are used to suffering that we stay in the suffering. Like, oh, I never get picked for anything. People don't invite me out places. Nobody wants to spend time with me. Instead of me saying, hey, let me figure out what I might be doing that is causing people to think, one, I don't have time, maybe. Because that's sometimes what people think is you're busy. And so they don't contact you because they oh, you always have stuff going on. So I just assumed you would be busy. Now, they're wrong for the assumption. But you need to communicate to them like, yeah, hey, I am busy, but it's still nice to be asked. So... Um, I'm going to ask you, you ask me, like, let's try to plan some things to do, right? So we're, again, that's that assertive communication um, and and not feeling like people are attacking you. And, and if you feel like people are constantly attacking you or talking about you, then that's something that you probably need to address because now you're getting to a point where the things you don't like about you are interfering with your ability to have relationships with people because you think they see all this stuff. And it's really you projecting it onto them. These folks taking care of their own lives and what they have going on, right? But that's another example of when I need to address my own things. That could be a a hindrance. Daily affirmations is really important. You need to say your worth every day. You need to know who you are. You need to know your value, your purpose. And that's something you have to say to yourself every day. Don't expect someone else to do that for you. Be your own cheerleader. Um, Hype yourself up in the morning. Um, Bop on out of that house and and know that you're going to have a good day. Because whatever, again, you, you believe, that's how you'll behave, right? You don't need someone to love you in order for you to be lovable. You don't need someone to affirm you in order for you to be worthy. You don't need someone to tell you that you have purpose in order for you to recognize that you were created with a purpose. You just need to know that for yourself. Um, that you are are one of God's greatest creations. And that you deserve the type of life you want to have. Okay? So we're going to stop worrying about what other people are doing and saying. And we're going to focus on what we're doing to walk in who we've been purposed to be. Alright? Be encouraged.